In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has sent His Son to set us free by the truth. And if He has set us free, then we are free indeed. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, it's here. 500 years of Reformation. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, a couple weak woohoos. Like, yeah, 500 years of the Reformation. Yeah, I guess nobody's with me. And that's sort of the sense that I've had of this whole thing ever since anybody realized that the 500th anniversary of the Reformation was coming up. The first thing that I got in the mail was actually like Lutheran heresy about this thing because it was some like tour group that was going to send you to Germany and it was going to be a big thing and they had a website URL that said martinlutherisking.com And I... And I was like, you guys just failed epically. No Lutheran would ever say this. At least anyone that knows anything about Martin Luther. You silly, silly German people. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's going to set the tone for this thing. That's going to be what this Re- Reformation 500 celebration is going to be all about. It's going to be a whole lot of... Whoo- Oh, sort of anticlimactic, you know? It's like, okay, it's been 500 years, y'all. 500 years. And you would think that 500 years, it would be like we would be partying like crazy. We would have a keg in the back. This place would be booming. It would be nuts. And yet, what do we have? A church service. Oh. And so you kind of wonder, like, okay, like, why does it feel sort of so... (sighs) Well, I think a part of the reason is that 500 is a big number, right? It's a big, big, big number. I mean, 500 years is about 20 generations. That means that even if you were a direct descendant of Martin Luther or Philip Melanchthon, yeah, he was a big deal too... If you were a direct descendant of one of those guys, that you would be their great, 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 well, you get the idea, grandchild. And so you're kind of like, I don't even know if I have a great, 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 whatever grandparent. Maybe that's Adam? I mean, it's hard to identify with that, right? At 25 or 20 generations ago, you're kind of like, well, I sort of lost it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to like look that stuff up on Ancestry.com and try to figure out, you know, what my DNA is. And then, uh, you, you know, you run into that danger of being that guy who thought that he was German and then it turns out he was Irish. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I guess I become a Presbyterian? What what do I do? (laughs) And so there's kind of that sense that's sort of like, oh, it's been 500 years. I don't even know what to do with 500 years. 
And then you get into, you know, okay, well, maybe that's one of the reasons. This is it just a very, very, very long time ago? Maybe it's also a little bit of like, you know, this is our holiday, and it's sort of weird to celebrate your own holiday. I mean, it's sort of like baking yourself a birthday cake. Yeah, like you're sad and lonely in your kitchen going, happy birthday to you. And you're kind of like, wouldn't the rest of Christianity just want to get around and sing us happy birthday, please? So there's that. And you kind of start to wonder, okay, like, what's going on here? Because certainly this wasn't the way that things always were. Right? You know, five, five years after the nailing of the 95 Theses, Luther was in the thick of it. He was arguing with people. He was still kind of calling himself a Roman Catholic. He was saying, hey, they, there's a problem with this stuff. Let's rattle the cage. Ten years afterwards, he had already been excommunicated. He was like, well, I guess I have to figure something else out organizationally here. <laughs> and keep myself from getting killed. Twenty years after, you have this kind of weird moment where it's like, oh, well, Luther is dead. What do we do with that? Well, maybe we keep this church going, or do we just stop, or what do we do? Fifty years later, you start having questions about what really is a Lutheran, and how do you start to say this is what it means to be a Lutheran, and that is not a Lutheran? A hundred years later, you have to start figuring out how you're explaining this stuff to your new Roman Catholic friends, the Jesuits. And keeping them from killing you too. 200 years later, there's so much infighting in the Lutheran church that you're wondering if your fellow Lutherans are trying to kill you. Somewhere along there, with all of that fire, all of that zeal, somewhere along there in the United States, Lutherans have become sort of Minnesota nice. And instead of our lives being narrated by fiery figures like John the Baptist and Martin Luther and guys like that, our lives are now narrated by Garrison Keillor. You know, what what did we forget? What's what's not there anymore? What's the difference between now, 500 years later, and then? I think some of what we forget a lot of times is sort of along the same lines as what the Jews forgot in our Gospel reading this morning. They say this really strange thing. And Jesus says, if... You're going to be my, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples and the truth will set you free. And they go, oh, well, um, no need to be your disciples because we're not enslaved, Jesus. And I wonder if Jesus did this number where he kind of looked around at his disciples and went, huh? Because the Jews at that time, well, they said, first of all, they said, we're the sons of Abraham. Well, 
their history from Abraham on has been one of being enslaved over and over and over again and saying we have never been enslaved is silly. But now even they're under the thumb of the Roman government. It's like they can't even feel the leash that's around their neck that the Roman hand is holding as they're being pulled back. They've got like Stockholm Syndrome. And they're identifying with their captors. They're saying, well, we've never been... Yeah, we've never been enslaved. I just always am not able to do the things that I want to do. And Jesus goes, oh, okay. All right. You've, you've never, never been enslaved. Okay. I see. It's like they've, they've forgotten that struggle. It's like they've forgotten their most recent struggle that has been against the Greeks as the Greeks came into their temple and desecrated their temple and started offering weird sacrifices like lizards and pigs on the altar to Yahweh. Jesus is saying, how can you not remember this stuff? This is recent history. This is like not remembering 9-11. What is going on with you? And I think sometimes that's the way it is for us Lutherans, is that we've forgotten a little bit of the struggle. I mean, in some ways, the struggle is kind of over. In some ways, the 500 years is sort of a mark of failure for us, right? Because what Martin Luther wanted to do was he wanted to reform the church. He wanted the church, big C church, to say, oh, we forgot about that scripture stuff. Oops. We forgot about the gospel. We forgot about faith and grace. Sorry. We'll go back to that now. I mean, if we're still around, those things haven't been fixed. And it kind of makes me wonder what we are doing in a church building like this one on a Sunday morning. Because honestly, should we not be getting together on Thursday evenings and plotting and getting ready for Sunday morning where we're going to go out into all of the churches of Tallahassee And we are going to be there and we're going to listen to sermons and we're going to watch practices and we are going to stand up and make sure that those people are proclaiming the true and pure gospel and we are going to go into those churches and reform them and change them because they're our brothers and sisters in Christ and we care for them. Shouldn't we be moles for the gospel? Shouldn't we be double agents for Christ? And yet we're stuck here. Having a Luther celebration. So how does that work? Well, I think the reason that we're in here together is because God is preparing us to continue to be a part of that movement. Continue to be a part of a movement that is clear about the gospel. Part of a movement that is clear about what it means to be a Christian. 
part of a movement that means we are people that are touchstones for our neighbors. Not necessarily going into other churches as moles and double agents, but going into our neighborhoods as Lutherans, as people that are a part of a reform movement, as people who are going to our neighbors and we are showing them the way out. Because, brothers and sisters, I have good, good news for you. That good news is this. The Son has set you free. And you are free indeed. But that does not leave us without responsibility. No. Because what do freed slaves do for one another? What do freed slaves do? Well, they create the Underground Railroad. Freed slaves point the way to freedom. Freed slaves say this way to a world where there is no more guilt. This way to a place where there is no more legalism. This way to a place where people don't abuse the Word of God to their own ends. This way to the Reformation. Not the Reformation that happened in Wittenberg. Not the Reformation that happened in Heidelberg. Not the Reformation that happened anyplace else. But the Reformation that is happening in your hearts, in my heart, in your heart, in the hearts of people around us. As Jesus Christ comes into our worlds and He forgives us of our sins and He says, you are free. And that is a completely different form than being a slave. We are reformed in the shape of freedom. So now, this week, may you live freely as Lutherans, as people that have been freed by the gospel of people who know what it means not to have guilt, but to know forgiveness. And may you point the direction for others. Because it's not about you as a Lutheran. And it's not about us as Lutherans. But it's about the one to whom we point. Jesus Christ. Amen.